0: Hello and welcome to My Favourite Writers. I am Abigail Tartellin, author and screenwriter, and this is my new series interviewing my favourite female writers of 2020 and beyond. This week I'm interviewing Charlene Teo, a Singaporean writer based in the UK. She is the winner of the inaugural Deborah Rogers Writers' Award for Ponti, her debut novel. She has also won multiple fellowships, including the Booker Prize Foundation Scholarship, the David T.K. Wong Creative Writing Fellowship, and the 2014 Sozopol Fiction Fellowship. Ponti is a wonderful novel, steeped in atmosphere and set in Singapore in the 70s as well as the modern day era. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Charlene Remembering once again that this podcast is filmed for video, so the audio is not always amazing, but the interviews are really fascinating and I hope you agree, well worth sharing as a podcast as well as on video. Having said that, if you wanted to catch the video, you can watch it on my Instagram, Abigail Tartellin underscore, and on my YouTube, Abigail Tartellin. And I will write my name in the podcast description. For now, make your cup of tea, prepare your dinner, prepare your breakfast, whatever you like to do when you're listening to a podcast. Maybe you're in the bath and enjoy my conversation with Charlene Teo
1: hi (laughs) hi firstly because we're in lockdown currently and I'm in lockdown about three hours away from my parents house I had all my stuff there from I moved from London and I put all my stuff there and I moved to here and then I've left half my books there so I don't have my copy of Quanti with me so I have asked you to have some copies would you mind showing readers (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) Just um, because you asked, so I don't just like keep them like right by me. But... Yes, no, I have specifically Ponte. asked
1: Char to have them right by her. Ponte. it's this beautiful, Ponty. That groovy cover—it's like the US cover, the red one. Yeah, yeah. All, um, your, all your covers are so beautiful. Oof. France, groovy, um. very like <laughs> <UK> cover. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. cool.
0: Oh Yeah. (laughs) So um,
1: my first question to all of my favorite writers that I'm going to ask on um, to this podcast, video chat, whatever, um, is what was baby you like? So I'm interested in the period before you became a professional writer, right down to when you were born, if you want. Go.
2: Professional writer. I love that. Um, Baby me was uh, I, I used to, I used to bite my own hair. Is that really weird? (laughs) <laughs> that's not really babe. I was like tod- when I was a toddler I used to bite my own hair and my mom would come down the stairs and see me with wet hair and 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 she'd be like why is your hair wet and I'd tell her oh I just washed it even though I was like really too young to do that myself. So yeah that's what I was like cool. And when did
1: you first start writing? Were you like a a kid who created things a lot or?
2: Yeah, I used to like um write and draw my own storybooks when I was a kid. Um, so I think I've always tried writing. I have a very, very distinct, hopefully not um, false memory of going to an Easter party, which is weird because it's quite unusual in Singapore. But um, I remember there were these like colorful eggs. And I remember desperately wanting to write my name on the egg and like not really quite knowing how to spell my name. <laughs> <It's> quite, <laughs> quite, a, quite, quite a long name. Um, so yeah, I've always,
1: I've always written, yeah. Cool. And did you, like, were you a teenager and thinking, I want to be an author when I grow up, I want to create stories somehow? Were you specific about books? Did you like films? Like, where was your aim and how did you think that you would get there?
2: Um, I always, yeah, I always wanted to write, like, to be a, I guess, like a novelist uh, since I was a teenager. So I, I used to, I started off writing poems and then I moved into short stories. And now I think I've found my mode, which is long, the long expansiveness of a novel. Because I think that novels are quite, um, you know, you can kind of ease into it a little bit more. Yeah. It's, it's more forgiving a mode than a, than a short story. I wish I could do both, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I prefer novels. I'm a rambler. I talk for a very long time, if <laughs> you can't shut me up. And I think that that really lends itself to novels, but also that that you don't have to leap into something or use kind of a conceit where you're like, bam, yeah. everything happens immediately. It's actually a yeah. lot more like life, that it can be very slow and you can be making small points, really.
2: Definitely, yeah.
1: Um, I wanted to ask you, um, I know this is weird, but I'm a huge fan of imagined worlds within worlds. So I really like the writer Dana Spiotta
2: who did this book called Into oh, yeah. Others. I've read that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I so I love that. It was about for anyone who hasn't read it, it was about um, two female filmmakers who were really good friends when they were younger, and then they grow up and they kind of like grow apart. But it just describes the films that they make, and I love reading. Is there
2: awesome Is Orson awesome Welles in that, or am I just remembering? I think that you're right. Yes,
1: and there's like a documentary yeah. about. Um, something in South America that's political. And I was like, wow, what an interesting documentary. And <laughs> anyway, that's how I felt when I read Ponty because I, I was reading about, and I, I'm going to kind of assume that lots of people will have read Ponty, and you can find a, a description online, but you know, I, I'm just going to leave into <laughs> it to um, it. In Ponty, there's this um, character called Amisa, and she's um, in a movie in the 70s called Ponty and is that right that's yeah maybe yeah yeah and um and then it's about her as she's older and her daughter's friend and her perception of her um and that's one strand that runs through and so I was wondering like what do you think having a world within a world can tell us about these characters that we're following and the culture that they're living in and and why did you choose to do that in Ponty?
2: Um, that's a really good question. Well, I think with um, phrastic dis- descriptions, like where, where there's a kind of book that's concerned with an artefact that is made up, um, I think a good example is in Paul Auster's, I think it's Invention of Solitude, which is about a, a man who's watching, I've read it ages ago, so I'm paraphrasing what I remember. He, he's watching a kind, a kind of old film and he I think he finds his doppelganger on the in the film and he kind of sets out to look for that person but either way um I think like books or even films about made-up cultural forms um I think it's a really really interesting and quite playful way to explore our relationship to to art or to different um kind of cultural mediums through that that is not mediated through comparison with like the actual thing so like you know if I if, if, if someone's writing a book about Marilyn Monroe, you know, there is a whole kind of literary genre um, where people write into or around well-known historical or literary figures. I mean, that that is its own sort of practice. And, and it kind of um, brings up interesting, its own set of interesting questions. But I think when when you're talking about a made-up film or a made-up famous person or made up piece of art that's really interesting as well because what you're you're asking the reader to do is you're making them do a double act of imagination so they're not just imagining the characters but they're also imagining this film or or this trilogy of films and 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 the whole kind of cultural background around that and and the kind of um, the kind of effects that that produces is I think really interesting and it And and to me, quite childlike, you know, when you were a kid and you had all your stuffed toys, you you made everything up. So I I really like that sense of that sense of play, like not taking yourself too seriously. Um, Yeah, something I really enjoy. Yeah, me too. I I love the, I like the
1: reading experience and I like the writing experience of being like, Mm -hmm. like with, with Ponty and with Dana Spiotta's um, Innocence and Others, the idea that it's like, right, and now I'm going to ask you to believe in this other totally, like, it seems like a kind of a Russian doll thing where you're being yeah. asked to believe in the, the world following on from that world. And it's like almost like a joke in a way, like in a, in a great way. And and I, Shaggy
2: dog story, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I really love buying into it myself. <laughs> I really love like, yeah, I going to totally yeah. believe you. So in Ponti, you know, like, what do you, I mean, why did you decide to take that particular genre of film and that, like, was that a big genre in Singapore in the 70s? Like, wow. what was the history of that?
2: Um, I think th- there was some really well-known, um, there was a really well-known Pontyannic trilogy of movies, but that was made a little bit earlier than what I depict in the novel. So that was around the 50s and the 60s, around the kind of heyday of um, the film studio in Singapore. But um, once the 70s come in and, and there's more international distribution of cinema, um, people start going to theatres more for um, international pictures. Um, so it imports, basically. So um, what happened was that the the kind of limited film studios that were around um, dried out. So So I kind of was interested in that, that lacuna and in history of like what happens if, if someone did try to make something, but it was also like behind the curve. I also find that really something really touching about what if you you were working on an epic war novel and it and it it's like a kind of I don't know historical reimagination of a Jane Austen novel, and you think it's a great idea and then just one month before you're submitting it to whoever, you know, another thing comes out. So the idea of be- uh, being behind the curve is just really kind of tragically funny to me. I mean, <laughs> not funny, but quite fascinating. You yeah, know? I've um, never
1: thought about that. But um, yes, as you're describing it, I'm tragically funny. Is
2: the... I mean, Abby, watch out for all the corona content. Oh, man. Like, yeah, I know. I Abby, can already... <laughs> like, my mum was like, you should write something about...
1: Definitely being in isolation, and I was like, I really, I think I'm going to write something fun and cheerful
2: (laughs) because I can like, I can see the tube ads like they'll be like, he was the boy, she was the girl, they were isolating, so they were separated (laughs) by a love rendered by corona, and they'll be like that kind of content. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just waiting for somebody to actually write the love in the time of corona article or I think something. I've seen that headline like Is at least really? 50 times yeah I've seen it many many times well um what was I was gonna ask you next <laughs> um <laughs> poor um, Gabriel Garcia Marquez huh he's turning and it's poor Gabriel Garcia Marquez I know he's like I did that already okay yeah um, <laughs>
1: but I can see so see the um the, the having done something you know, behind the curve or, you know, that's not not something I was thinking about so much when I was reading ponty as a theme, but knowing, like, publishing and the idea of, like, like, when Fifty Shades of Grey came out, I remember there was a huge, like, next erotic novel, quick, 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 and when Gong yeah. Girl came out, um, like, definitely, I had people say to me, like, you should write a thriller now, and you, <laughs> you feel like, what? <laughs> um, yeah. It's changed change so quickly um so my next question i, I explained to Shaw before we came on that i'm trying to go fast because obviously like <laughs> i'm uploading from my phone and <laughs> it, um, <laughs> working with really big files so if it's like 20 minutes it's much easier to do than 30 minutes <laughs> yeah, <it's fine. laughs> um so one of my favorite things about ponty was the setting and i also spoke to Rowan about this when i interviewed her last week um and i i guess i just love it. setting and settings of things in general like I won't read a book where I'm like oh I'm not very interested in that setting but um being in Singapore at that time and Amisa's childhood home particularly but then also um Sue's home when when she lives with Amisa it it was so um it felt like hot and steamy and Mm. and you you evoked that so I mean I've never been to Singapore um, but you made me feel like I was there, and uh, I guess I, I i wanted to ask you because, um, if you know, it feels like there's there's not tons of fiction, certainly that I've not read, tons of fiction set in Singapore. I, I'm wondering, like, how as a Singaporean author, do you feel really responsible for writing stories set in Singapore? Do you feel like you you have to and that's really important or are you just are you really interested in it will will your continuing
2: work be set in Singapore what do you think um that's a great that's a great question it's actually what I spent my entire doctorate investigating like that that kind of question of the burden of cultural responsibility or the burden of um explanation that is that is put upon um oftentimes uh, sort of non-Western, you know, writers of color to to kind of explain or be or be a representative of their culture. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's just that's just one of the one of the questions that I suppose that all writers have to ask themselves with regards to like their identity position. Like, you know, what how how free do they feel to kind of express? Um, they are kind of stories from from a particular position of of I don't know either removal or familiarity. Um, I think it's just an ongoing sort of an ongoing sort of um, process of working things out. I definitely don't feel like obliged to to write about any particular thing, but I am very much aware of how I'm perceived um, in terms of as a Singaporean writer and what that might show up in terms of a. Uh, reader's expectations of the kind of work that I produce. Yeah. The number of times that I've been, um, I've been told that my English is really good. And um, there's been an assumption that I, I wrote the book in Mandarin is quite, <laughs> quite a few times. <laughs> I wish that my Mandarin was so good that I could write a whole book in, in it. <laughs> um, that's super interesting. I'm so glad
1: that that, that was something that, because it, it really interests me the idea of like, yeah that being given that responsibility as an individual for really something that you know say the British publishing industry ha- failed to do for so many years and failed to represent for so many years and then and yeah super interesting i i'm I'm glad that that was a okay question to ask as well
2: no no totally <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think the landscape is much better now as as well I mean, yes, the publishing yes. landscape there a lot of different writers' voices coming through, yeah, definitely, mm. and, and
1: you know, long may it continue.
2: Mm. Um, so I know
1: you've been isolating alone. Ha- have you been writing, and uh, how's it been for you? Like, what are you working on? Is there a follow up Ponty coming? Will it be
2: I'm not? No Ponty sequels, Ponty's done, <laughs> no more Ponty. <laughs> um, uh, it, it's more like, um. Yeah, I'm working on my follow-up book. Um, I'm quite slow, though. So, like, I, I try doing the thing of being quite rigid with myself and making sure that I got down a certain number of words. And I did, like, you know, manage to get into the habit of it, but I found that I have to go back and re- redo it. <laughs> so that's, that's what I'm doing, really. And um, I've been keeping busy by... Uh, I've been doing quite a lot of drawing, so I'm just drawing, like, a oh, cool. bird, for example. Oh, uh, I was going to ask you if you were still drawing, because you said that you
1: used to um, do picture books in your childhood.
2: a little dog. Did
1: you make him?
2: Hi. Yeah, right. I I, I uh, felted, felted him, so I've been, been turning to arts and crafts quite a lot. Oh. This, oh, this scary little guy is quite terrifying. Oh. Like, eh. <laughs> Hi, Abby. Oh, my God, that's uh, so cute. You should get them to people for presents. Uh, that's why I intend to. I intend to become really good at it, and then just not get any one presents for the rest of my life, and just I, make them little, little felt versions of. I will make little felt you when I get better. <laughs> really good. I'd be very
1: satisfied with that. I am. I love homemade stuff. I do. I crochet. That's the only crafty thing I really do. But I crochet. That's really good. For all my friends who have kids, and then I do a blanket for all the kids born in the family, so that they uh. like, have one to. You know, like, it's super special at the beginning of somebody's life to have all these things that, and and in our house as well, I just, I love the idea of having things that are really significant and that are only made by friends or,
2: we were talking about
1: buying things from independent makers and how I'm not wearing (laughs) it today, but, um, yeah, I super like that idea. It's so much more special, isn't it?
2: Right. Yeah. Cool.
1: Well, um, so before we go, um, I'm going to ask you the same two last questions I asked Rowan, which one was, um, can we have a recommendation from your recent or current reading? And the second one was, who do you think I should also interview on this series?
2: Oh, God. Um, okay. Um, I, I think that's the top of my head. How much, is, how much of these hills is gold by uh, C. Pam Zhang is amazing. Right. Probably the best. I that you'd lo- I think you would you I would love like it. You, it sounded so much fun. It's like in the like it's Disney. like a Wild West, like like Chinese um, orphans in the Wild West, and it's it's really great. I think that you I think that you'd love it. It's I think I would too. up your eyes. yeah. Um, so that that's what I recommend. I guess in terms of who who would be good, um, Megan Hunter okay Yes. Megan Hunter and she's got um, an amazing book coming out soon which I also love um The Harpy um so yeah Megan Megan's got a great great reading taste and she yeah she got me this amazing book which I'm reading now which we don't have to hand it's over there it's called Mrs Caladan. so that's another another book recommendation cool I'm
1: groovy I you know I haven't read The Harpy yet but I've read some of her articles and she's so sharp so that would be oh yeah reach out to her yay Groovy, thank you very much. Thank you very so much for coming on here and letting me see into your home. And I, I always think like, you know, when people like go around with the state agents and see things that I'm like, that that's the home that Shah decided to to rent and that's <laughs> that's so interesting. As I'm maybe people also think, huh, orange, you know, when they look behind me.
2: I like your I like your room. It looks good. It Thanks. looks massive.
1: It, you know, it's pretty big, actually. It's really, I'm in Margate, so...
2: Yeah, no, I know, and Margate's so cool. Have,
1: yeah, it's so nice. You'll have to come visit
2: and... I would love to. We have a
1: spare room as well, so come visit. Ah, sweet! Thanks so much for talking <laughs> to me and I will speak to you soon.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me, Abigail Tartellin and author Charlene Teo, who wrote the wonderful book, Ponty, which you can order from any good bookstore Maybe pick it up from your local independent bookstore if you fancy it, or if you're in the wilds, you might want to order online. Do catch the video version of this podcast on Abigail AbigailTartelin underscore on Instagram or on YouTube. Next week, I'll be interviewing Sahar Delajani, author of Children of the Jacaranda Tree. Thanks again for joining us and see you then.